Hey everyone, welcome to the Ace of Spada podcast hosted by your boy right here, Anthony Spada. On today's episode, we have Kenny Lipton, another coach with Team Mahaley. But he's more than that. He's someone I consider a friend, a colleague, someone I can go to if I have any personal troubles. And that's basically how our relationship started is Kenny followed me on Instagram and we just went from there. And honestly, it's been a budding relationship ever since and I couldn't be more thankful to have Kenny as a friend and on today's episode we discuss a lot with Kenny's background how he met his wife Sarah and more and how he got into fitness Um, truly an inspiring story and I can't wait for you guys to hear this one before we go guys I did make a rebrand welcome to the Ace of Spada coaching This is a brand where you become an ace in the deck of cards known as life. And if you want to join on this journey and figure out how to become an ace, there's an application down in the show notes. Go fill it out and let's take that first step. So without further introduction, let's welcome on Kenny Lipton. All right, guys, welcome to this episode of the Ace of Spada podcast. I'm with someone who's part of a team who already came on, Justin Mahaley. Uh, part of Team Mahaley, he's a coach on that team specifically, uh, Kenny Lipton. Um, I'm very excited to have him on. We honestly just met a few weeks ago from when this actually was being recorded. So it's been a pretty interesting ride. We've had some deep conversations in the DMs already. Um, Cody was kind of telling me about that. He was like, yeah, we have to talk like all the time. He's like, we can go on forever. So um, right away, we kind of connected. We had a, we had a pretty similar background. So I wanted to get Kenny on the show. Um, Kenny, do you want to introduce yourself? I know I kind of just gave a quick hint of what you do, but just give a quick introduction to yourself. Sure. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you, Anthony, for having me on the podcast. As Anthony stated, I am a coach on Team Haley. I do coach alongside uh, my wife, Sarah Lipton, uh, but we do coach um, separately, too. We're primarily focused on lifestyle clients and uh, love bodybuilding, been lifting for, God, uh, probably six serious years now. But before, um, and you'll probably get to know this as we talk, Anthony, uh, I was actually was not allowed to lift a weight until I was a senior in high school and uh, had a lot to do with my dad uh, telling me not to do that. But yeah, just love bodybuilding, love the potential it could help someone realize they have. And it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Oh, yeah. It's probably been the most beneficial part to my life that I've ever had. Um, people don't realize it until they start. But once you actually start getting serious, it's actually pretty, uh, it gets pretty intense pretty quickly. And it's honestly, you're just addicted to it. And it's like one of the one of the things in life that's really good to be addicted to in a way. <laughs> it is. It's pretty incredible. It's almost an addiction, at least for me, to see how far I can go and how far I can push myself. Because once you go past a certain barrier, whatever, whether it's mental or physical, you understand, wow, I actually didn't die or wow, I actually did this. Maybe perhaps something I thought that was impossible before. 
and then that, that impossible level just keeps rising and rising and rising and the possible becomes well almost endless it's crazy yeah that's the one thing i've kind of felt this year taking it seriously this has like been the first serious like eight months i've been the most consistent um so it's kind of like i'm just starting even though i started lifting back when i was like 17 i it feels like i I feels like I just started to truly be honest, like, but I'm so excited to see where it goes. Um, excited for you. You're going into classic division. Um, your body looks killer. Uh, you just oh. released that post. So you yeah. look, it's pretty intense what you can do in a short amount of time. People think five years is pretty long, but it's pretty short. Once you get into the game, you lose track of days when you're just tracking macros and tracking everything else. Um, so let's get right into it. I kind of just want to know, I think that was pretty interesting because I didn't know about that, about you, that you weren't allowed to touch a dumbbell or touch a weight till you, you were a senior in high school. Um, my dad kind of had the similar thing. Thing, he's like oh you just need to do push-ups sit-ups and that's really it um yep. so kind of <laughs> just want you to get into how you even got started in fitness in general um maybe even touch on like the cycling thing because i know that's a big part of you too um that's that was a big part of your life so let's get into just like how you got into fitness and stuff sure yeah so uh, i've been involved in sports my entire life my dad was uh huge in baseball or at least hugely involved in baseball. So naturally that's what happened with me as a kid. So I grew up playing soccer, baseball, and basketball because these are these were sports that my dad liked. And I grew to like them too. Um, but as I got older, uh, around like middle school, my dad did take me to a gym. So it was Bally's Fitness, which is now, I guess, LA Fitness. I don't know if Bally's even exists anymore, but um, we would go in there. And the only thing I was allowed to do was go on the cardio machines and that's it nothing else and even though i would see everyone touching weights uh, i wasn't allowed to because it was thought it would stunt my growth and take away my performance from the three sports that i was playing and uh, quite honestly you know i kind of fell out of love with those sports and wanted to do something deeper and um got into some depression when i was younger uh because really wasn't allowed to do much of anything outside of those three sports and even though i excelled at i would say basketball the most um it, it just wasn't with me it wasn't my heart and uh you know in terms of fitness i would say at least for me fitness is, is an interesting thing it's a very specific um subjective liking so there's different avenues that one can find fitness but i think it's a mental and physical hybrid and it's a it's a it needs to be something that's in alignment with you so for me when that first happened when both the physical and the mental were in alignment uh it was with cycling and i actually saw lance armstrong win his final tour de france is on the television and i had no freaking clue what the hell the tour de france was or what have been professional cycling was i rode a bike my whole entire life um just for fun never really thought anything of it and then I saw this guy just completely did, annihilating everyone around him, like as if it was just nothing. And I asked my dad, who was sitting on the couch at the time, I said, what the hell is this? And he said, oh, it's the Tour de France. And I said, who's that? And he said, that's Lance Armstrong. And I looked at him and looked at Lance and then looked back at my dad. I said, I'm going to do this one day. And he said, no, you're not. And I said, yeah, I am. And he said, you'd have been right. And at the time, my dad had an old 80s road bike in the garage. 
had been touched for years and he bought it for just one one little race that he did just for fun and i told him well i'm going to show you so i went to the garage right there and then got the bike pumped up the tires and rode it and couldn't even get down the block because it was so damn hard and i thought holy shit this is really hard (laughs) and uh, i was like okay i'll keep going and so i uh consistently started riding that bike further and further every day and i finally got down to my high school which was like i don't know three miles away and i was telling my dad look i did it i did it and eventually my dad ended up getting me uh, a road bike because he thought okay maybe you could do something with this yeah and eventually uh yeah i rode until i uh made my collegiate cycling team which was uh for ucla and i the whole plan at that point was to go pro and i was riding 20 hours a week um basically training uh no idea about nutrition i just knew i had to get on the bike i had literally no idea what i was doing with nutrition but i just knew i loved the bike and one day uh i got hit by a car and it ended my uh, cycling career at that point and um for a good year i couldn't get a bike at that point because the bike i had, was given was really really expensive uh, race bikes for those who don't know can go all the way to twenty thousand dollars depending on the material wow that's used. Yeah. So the one I had was a French bike and it was, it was very expensive. So the person who hit me, uh, you know, it was, it was given to me, they couldn't afford it. And I, and I totally understood and I couldn't afford it either. Um, so for a year I was basically in limbo, just trying to find what can I do with, you know, myself and Sarah actually, uh, was a personal trainer at the time. And she was my wife also at the time. And she got me into bodybuilding. So, uh, at that point, and I, that's when I started really getting into it. Um, so I was telling you when I started lifting weights, it was a senior in high school and it was with my basketball team actually just, you know, just for fun. But yep. even then I just did pull-ups, push-ups and, and sit-ups. That's all I did. Uh, but then until Sarah coming to the gym, that's when I seriously started bodybuilding. And then it was just, yeah, up from there. So <laughs> Yeah, that's really interesting because um, actually my dad mm-hmm. is was also big into baseball. He went and played small town uh, D three ball somewhere back when he did it. He suffered an injury and it kind of stopped his thing, but he was really talented for being in the area. Uh, both my uncles were one win away from going to the Little League World Series, so I come wow. from a family with kind of a really large baseball background, and that's I played amazing. baseball for about eight years. And then I switched to lacrosse, and I remember my dad was kind of really confused as to why I did that. I wasn't that good at baseball um, or really sports in kind of general, so it's kind of – I could have put more effort into it. I think that's really what it was. But, uh, but yeah, so my dad was like that, and um, he really didn't come out and say – like he had an intention that I should do sports. Like you know, like every single father wants their son to do sports. And then he – he kind of said it my senior year, he was like, yeah, kind of just wanted you to do what you love to do. So um, it took him that long to kind of say that. And I didn't really get it until now. And it's like, now I kind of look back on that moment when he told me that, which was like after my senior night of lacrosse, um, that like really could have done anything. And I probably should have not have done lacrosse my senior year. To truly be honest, I got really into fitness um, and it kind of stopped my lifting. Like it was like a huge just kind of like stop. Um, so 
that's really interesting to hear. And then it's really interesting to hear too that Sarah got you into bodybuilding. This is something that you discussed the other day on one of your posts. And it's like, you never truly hear about the woman starting to get the man into bodybuilding. A lot of the people think it's the other way around, but yeah. that's really interesting. And Sarah's probably one of the, I follow her too, and she follows me back. And it's one of, she's probably one of the toughest people to lift with it seems like uh she goes pretty <laughs> damn hard but that's also like your team's kind of attitude towards training um so kind of just go through that why that's like why that myth is so wrong especially from your circumstance getting into it and how she kind of pushed you to keep improving well it's funny so hmm. so for me personally for sarah is the most important person in my life and she was you know, honestly, she was probably the first person that truly flat out believed in everything I could possibly do. And I, as you probably, you know, can tell uh, from my little story, like not much belief was put into me unless the aspirations I had were in alignment with what other people thought I should do. Um, Sarah was the first person to really cast aside all of that and make me want, just do what I wanted to do. So because of that, she really made me push because I wanted to be the best for her and seeing her push herself to the very brink of failure. It's like, Holy shit, maybe I should go a little bit harder because this lady's like dying and I'm just like, Oh, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, in terms of the, and then in terms of like spanning out into the myth of that, I, I really don't know. I don't know why that came about to begin with in terms of, why it's always thought that the the man would introduce that kind of thing or even sports in general to the woman um because a lot of a lot of a lot of women are very powerful and i mean in fact i believe just and this might be just on a uh how do you say this an average level but i believe it's it's a trend that women are able to hand higher levels of pain than men um, yeah. because their pain tolerance is much higher uh, and I think it's something to do with giving birth. Um, but, and, and because of that, I mean, they erratically inherently can go further into the pain, into a higher intensity than us, we can. And um, I don't know. I don't know why that is. And I think it's kind of sad that that's the case. In fact, most people are surprised when I tell them that, oh, yeah, Sarah got me to bodybuilding. It's like, what the fuck? Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, it's, but, it's, it's, <laughs> but it's true. It's like, um, yeah, she she was always, she's always been super tough and just very resilient. And I think that resilience inspired me to become the same. And because uh, I wasn't, I was a pushover, and still can be to a certain degree. And uh, yeah, I, th I thank God every day for her, man. Like I really do. Hey everybody, I want to interrupt this podcast to let you guys know on something that I've been working on, and I want to take it back to two years ago when I signed up with a coach, my first ever one. And I signed up because I had no direction, no experience with nutrition, no real experience with working out, no true kind of mental push that I needed. And I got all those benefits from it. I gained about 40 pounds, put on a ton of weight, muscle, um, got mental gains. That's the biggest thing that I want to stress. And now I'm giving it to you guys. I've been learning from others, been reading a lot, been using knowledge, 
getting a few certifications to really enhance other people's lives. And I've been working with a few clients already about six clients in total and I'm opening up my coaching yet again for up to 10 spots so if you guys are interested and you really want to get benefits and now is the time to start with all these gyms opening the link is down in the show notes to sign up for the coaching and all you gotta do is fill that out and we'll get on a call all right guys if you really want to make change now is the time to do it and I am the one to lead you there All right, everybody, let's get back to the episode. So something that kind of just clicked with me that you were talking about was that you didn't really have, no one gave you kind of belief unless you were doing something that kind of pleased someone else. Um, I think that was kind of where I was at and that's kind of how I looked at it. That's how I looked at it when I was talking, when I just mentioned like my dad and the sports thing. Um, kind of just looking at that and I think what would I do to make him proud and that's like how I thought about the belief system too and that's why I kept my fitness kind of life really silent from everybody because I know I would be kind of doubted like when I go to the YMCA like right starting off like that's my gym for the first like two years of lifting um that would be like where that'd be my zone. And like my dad would come pick me up and he'd be like, he kind of look at me, but the more I would go, the more belief he would have in me about Mm. the exercise and how much it actually meant. Um, So kind of want to go into your kind of story about that belief system from the sports. It understands like you weren't allowed to express uh, what you really wanted to do unless it had to do with the sports from your dad. Um, is that where it came from and that self in that belief system from that? Um, and then how'd you overcome that too? Wow. That's a great question. Um, yeah, I think, I think sports inherently taught me what it means to really push yourself into especially the team sports. Um, because even though you are on a team, the team relies on you still. So as an individual, you do need to be at your best. And there was this, kind of uh pressure on your shoulders but it was a good pressure i I always liked that pressure because it was like you know i gotta make my sure my team does well and i gotta do out you know make sure i do my best too and in terms of you know falling out of love with the sport i think goals just change naturally over time as you grow and you find out a little bit more yourself and different life experiences happen to you and i think uh for me I don't know what caused me to fall out of this, fall out of love with the sport. And I, you know, it was, I think it was because, uh, I realized I wanted to do something else with my life. And, um, it does take quite a bit of bravery to do so. And not, not to say that I'm putting myself on a pedestal, but, uh, you know, you go to day to day at a job in an office, you know, let's say, and uh, for example, I hear a lot of people complain about their current realities how they don't they're not satisfied with their life and they wish they could do something else and then when it comes down to you know falling through with an action behind that wish it never happens and they stay stagnant within the reality and it's a very sad thing to do um but it's also a very scary thing to pursue because there is a chance of failure because when you do have the backing of someone else saying hey you'd be really good at this or i think you'd be hey i think you should do this even if it doesn't necessarily align with you there is that confirmation from someone else beyond yourself that's, hey, I might be good at this, um, but if it doesn't align with you, 
it, it could be kind of a, a settling in a way. And for me, I think uh, just like you going to the YMCA and seeing your dad, yeah, or rather, yeah, seeing your dad slowly say, hey, you know, Anthony, I think you can, you're doing something here really well. Same thing happens with me where I kind of knew I, like for cycling, for instance, I rode my bike my entire life and I knew I could do something with it. And, um, and so just even though my dad was not really fond of it, I still kept doing it because it was the first time that I decided with my life that, hey, you know, I want to do something that aligns with me personally, as opposed to trying to align myself with others' views and thoughts of, of me. And I think the overcoming of that really happened with Sarah, honestly, um, because she was the one that really helped me, well, see that, hey, I could really do something in my life, whatever it may be, and that um, that the bravery that it does take um, – oh, Anthony, can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, okay, sorry. Your screen's like all uh, green. Um, oh, Sorry, uh, that might happen sometimes. I'll edit oh, this part out, but you're going to continue. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry, sorry. Um, so I think I think the the belief in me and overcoming it really it was a slow trickle. It started with cycling, but then it really took its uh, true form with when I met Sarah, because she did really have this sort of belief in me that wasn't necessarily there, and actually wasn't really there with me to begin with too. Um, but it was her that helped me kind of uh, really complete that belief in myself. And honestly, I guess when it comes down to doing things that are in alignment with your life, it's going to be the scariest thing you ever do. A goal is scary, inherently scary, because if a goal, I mean, is something that is not necessarily your current reality, right? It's something you haven't achieved yet. Therefore, you, you may not know you might fail or succeed. And to take that first step is extremely scary because, well, you could fail and you could basically deal with a reality of, wow, I wasn't worth it. I wasn't able to do this. But the thing, I think a huge misconception is that, success in my opinion is inevitable because if you think about it we're adapting every day every moment of our lives and adaptation is something that inherently is going to happen whether you realize it or not but the thing is you have a choice with the quality of the adaptation and the quality of the adaptation can either result in a flight response or a fight response and the flight would be uh, meaning that you just kind of roll over and give up and say fuck it I'm done I wasn't worth it or do you fight and say, you know what, even though I didn't, uh, I guess, necessarily succeed this time around, I learned from it and I continue to climb up. And if you do that, if you continue to fight and choose that pathway toward adaptation, you'll eventually succeed. And it may not result in this in the picture that you had in your head. It might actually even be better. And just, you know, the thing is, you paint a, an idea of what you could be, but often that picture ends up being much more grandiose than um, or rather the reality is much more grandiose than the actual picture. So, yeah, I think, I think along with that, I think that starts with the thing that kind of got me going with my, especially taking the risk with creating this and then creating the, also the coaching business. Um, they're two of the riskiest things. Like they may not be like financially as committing right now, but I've put in a lot of money as I went in before with talking to some people, um, like how much I put into mentors and stuff like that to expand my business and to help me kind of grow. And this is basically free. I kind of think of this as like an hour to kind of pick someone's brain. So it's like, 
that's how I kind of use this as a tool, but I give it to other people to hear this conversation that I'm having with someone. But it's also a risk in the fact that I didn't believe in what this could be right away. I think that was the toughest thing to kind of see. And it's the toughest thing for everybody to see is you're never going to know until you try. But even when you try right away, it's a patience game. Um, And that's kind of what we're doing with right now with this whole thing is a lot of people want to make change, but it's really tough for people to financially commit to it. Um, And then also with the coaching business, I didn't truly believe in what, like I believe from the beginning that I could do it. No doubt. Like you have to believe in yourself. if You're going to go and take that step forward to create it. But I fully didn't believe the impact it would have until I started working with the clients and kind of got halfway through and they would text me about things and see their changes. And number two is kind of that external kind of belief too. And Justin was kind of going over that about that belief in themselves and stuff like that and how that's truly impactful. And he, it's kind of like him and the people who have come along now in the past few months, kind of shouting me out on their stories, shouting out on things kind of makes it worth it in a way. Like you gain more confidence the more you see people kind of appreciate the things that you're doing. I think that's kind of how I kind of seen it. And it's it's been pretty cool to kind of have people in your, like when you have people in your corner, it's so motivating and you feel like you can't fail. Like that's how I feel right now is like, there's no way I can't succeed. Like that's like, like it comes down to a mix of external motivates the internal. And then it's just, what are you willing to do to go to that length? Like that's kind of how I think about it. Like taking that action to actually pull through what you're, kind of having conversations with people about, because you can have conversations about this all the time, but if you're not putting in that work, what are you truly like making here? Like that's like, I feel like it's just wasted time. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny, this podcast and all the episodes you've done before, um, a simple conversation can actually elicit inspiration to someone else because think about it, a goal is kind of an extension of yourself, right? You wouldn't have that goal. You somewhat subconsciously believed you can actually do it. And it might take someone else's example to show, shit, Anthony did this. Perhaps I can do it too. And then the next thing you know, they're taking that first step towards, well, their eventual success. But it does take patience. It does take consistency. And it does take hard work. And that those are the things that um, a lot of people, unfortunately, aren't willing to do. But if you are passionate about it, I think it becomes very easy. Yeah, and I think a lot of, and like you were saying too, I think a lot of people just get comfortable and then they get complacent. Like that's when you see it. And that's kind of what I take it from Justin is to not really get comfortable um, and kind of live life how I want to do it. So if I want to take a risk, I'm going to damn do it. Like that's kind of how I'm looking at it now, especially during this quarantine. Like you got to, like if you want to go do something, do it. Like that's kind of how you kind of have to think about it. Like you could be, you could end up being holed up again for another six months, possibly like four or whatever, how long we're going to be freaking hold up for. But it's like, once you get out of that, what are you going to do to kind of like, I'm still getting out content and like, you're still doing things to make progress. Like there's always a little thing. And I kind of want to get this into, and I think this self-belief kind of, if I'm not mistaken, 
and Sarah kind of brought you into coaching then. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of want to know how you got into the coaching thing too, because that's really interesting to me because it kind of comes out of nowhere. People can always want to think they're a coach, but you really got to know your shit. So kind of want to know like your story about how you got into it because I really don't know that. So that's like something I just want to kind of go over about how you did that and then how you joined Team Mahaley. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, so Sarah is the one that did get me into coaching. Uh, so she was a personal trainer. And at the time, this was like, God, uh, oh, eight years ago, maybe. Um, maybe yeah, because we met in 2011. Now it's 2020. Yeah, about eight years ago. And we would just train, we started training friends. We were just at a local college outside training friends, doing plyometric stuff. And really at that point, I think that was my first, that was actually my first experience with coaching somebody and just trying to help them out and coaching, meaning that, you know, let me just try to know still what I know at the time and try to help you out, you know? And, um, it was great. It was really wonderful because they did get a spark in their eye. It was like, damn, I can't believe I actually did this. And even if it was just, you know, a couple push-ups, right up some stairs, um, doing some step-ups on the bench, like this is something that they never had done before and they felt yeah. amazing. And to see that, it was like, damn, this is really cool. I Like I just allowed this person, not me, but they allowed themselves through the, I guess, I guess through the help of me and Sarah to see how, how far they can go. And they, uh, they just, yeah. So we just kept doing that for a little bit. Um, but then ultimately, I guess what ended up happening was that the gym business, uh, Sarah was working at spectrum at the time and it was very hard. It wasn't, it, they were for Sarah. It was like all about the, uh, not, or this gym where she worked at was like all about the money. Didn't no, no care for the clients at all. So she ended yeah. up leaving because it was like, this is not what she wanted to do. She wanted to help people and not make a quick buck off them. And that's the same with me. And so I went to uh, physical therapy. Like I actually started studying to become a physical therapist. The goal was to be okay. a doctorate in physical therapy. So uh, volunteered at a local hospital. That volunteer turned into a, a job uh, as a PT aide, uh, which is something you do before you go into school um, or get a degree. And then at that point, I uh, worked in uh, geriatric, a geriatric facility. And this is probably the first true experience as to what really made me or made me really see how important lifting is. There was a guy, and just to give you an idea of what this facility was like, there was a, a facility, there was a, so there's two portions to this facility, one for high functioning adults and a second one where it was like low functioning, where Alzheimer's, dementia, that type of thing. Yeah. So there was this one guy and I forget his name, unfortunately, but he was probably 80 years old, I would say, between 80 and 85. And this guy was brought into the physical therapy room with, with uh, you know, me and the other PTs. And this guy was hammer-curdling dumbbells like it was nothing. In fact, he was so far beyond everyone in the facility that it was just mind-blowing. I was like, what the hell is this guy? You know, what did he do? Who was this guy? And found out from him before he, uh, you know, I guess got a little bit worse with the dementia that he lifted and i thought wow this is incredible so uh really got intrigued at that point as to the true importance of lifting and i actually didn't go through with pt school because my boss at the time uh convinced me not to because there's a lot of 
lot of shady stuff going on in the PT field at that time, and particularly, and I can't speak them on for all the modalities and all different avenues of physical therapy, but for geriatric, at least in the, the realm that I was in, um, there's a lot of just things that didn't align with me morally. And so I decided not to go through with uh, PT school. I wanted to be on the preventative side as opposed to the um, reactive side. I wanted to yeah. help people before they got into the PT office. And at that point, um, Sarah and I joined Team Mihaly. We asked Justin to join his team, and we got on, and we were with him. And at that point, I think that's when I uh, – because every – you know, we probably recognize this, where every year of training, you probably find out, oh, I'm stronger this year, I'm stronger the next year. And then you find out, wow, okay, this is true intensity. You know, and with Justin, I found the, what true intensity feels like and what lifting to failure really means. And uh, we talked to Justin a lot, learned a lot from him, and I appreciate him. He's like my brother. And uh, eventually, uh, he asked me to be an intern on his team. And so I ended up being an intern coach where um, yeah, I, I would just study and make posts. And, and then eventually, that internship turned into a full-blown coaching position. And, uh, and then Sarah became the second intern and she became the second co or another coach alongside me. So we coached together. But, uh, I think it was really just that, that, uh, that time in PT in the PT field where I realized, man, the people shouldn't get to this point. They should, they need to be healthier before they get to this point. And granted it was a geriatric field, but still it's, uh, I've been in the PT office my entire life. I broke my knee in high school coming off the track blocks and, I just remember thinking, man, this really sucks. And I was told that I couldn't lift or do sports ever again, for that matter. The only thing I was able to do um, was really ride a bike. And I, I actually should have told you that. Uh, that's how I found uh, my love for cycling was in the PT okay. room. Yeah, because that was literally the only thing I was allowed to do. And uh, I think that's why, partly why I stuck to it and held on to it like an iron grip. So, but yeah. And but how then, did... uh -huh. To kind of look at that point, how did you feel too? I guess kind of going back on that, then how did you feel too when you, when you found out that moment when they told you that you might not be able to lift or do anything? I know it wasn't as important to you at that moment, but kind of looking back on that, is that something that sparks you today? Thinking that you were in that room and they told you that you couldn't lift, and now you're looking at now you're going to compete, and it's like. Oh, it's kind of like the I told you so kind of moment where I think that pushes you to a limit too and it kind of drives you. So is that one of like your motivating drives when you're lifting intensely? With yeah, it? absolutely. I think even back then when they told me the initial like news like, hey, you won't be able to do sports ever again except walking um, in a bike. I even thought, well, fuck that. I'm going to make the one of these things really, really good. And so I made cycling my thing. I wanted to be absolutely elite at it. And I was like, I'm not going to lay down and just fucking die. Like I'm, this is not me. And so I took whatever, what I took with my controllable, whatever was in my control at that time and just made it the fucking best thing I could make it at that time. And, uh, yeah. So now I'm like, well, they were wrong. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and if, yeah, I mean, if anyone ever tells you like, Hey, you can't do that. That's probably not true. Um, I mean, eventually, I mean, obviously it depends on, you know, if you like get your leg blown off, then maybe, you know, <laughs> but yeah, even then, if it, but even then, like you can get a prosthetic leg and totally be fine. Like there's, there's just so many ways. It's really up to you just how far you want to push yourself. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And then reverting back to now. Sorry, I keep jumping from topic to topic. It's really just oh. interesting, kind of just breaking down different parts of your story. <laughs> um, I'm all over the place too. <laughs> kind of now working, now working with Sarah. You guys, as you guys both you guys both work under it's really interesting to kind of hear that justin had interns you don't really hear that kind of story with a team like you think they just like i feel like they're always looking for the next coach but they never truly bring you on to kind of give you a test run like you never truly hear about that which is really interesting to kind of hear um so you had to bust your ass as an intern to show what you can do to get to this point and i think that's really kind of unique because kind of where i'm coming from especially i mean i kind of don't like to phrase this when i'm on the podcast but yeah the nine to five job that i signed on to do now like the full-time job that i got after college was from me busting my ass in my internship like i talked to like a hundred plus people within the company to find the right fit where i was going to fit in hopefully if they offer me a job and i luckily busted my ass enough and showed my work ethic that they did give me a job offer when I was done. So like, I fully understand that intern kind of mentality too, uh, which is something I kind of want to just stress to people. If you are listening to this and you do have an internship, go balls to the wall, kind of what you can do. Um, Don't hold back in that moments because those are actually the moments that people look to but then also don't get comfortable. And I think that's something that's also kind of true with this is don't get comfortable once you get past the internship. Like right. it's keep keep living with intent of continuing on somewhere within that. Um, I think that's really interesting to kind of hear from you that you started out as an intern with uh, Justin. Yeah, it, it was kind of funny because um, I told uh, the phone call I had with Justin to just become his client. I remember it like it was yesterday. Uh, I told him that I wanted to be, I wanted to look like Frank Zane. Like that was my idol at the time. That's like, mine, for, yeah. Yeah, I think he's I think he's amazing. And I told him that I just want to, told him the story that I told you about break my knee in high school and not being able to do anything type of thing. I was extremely motivated. And you know, I, I, as a client, I just busted my ass because I wanted that goal so badly. And quite honestly, I, in terms of him picking me as an intern, it was like the biggest shock of my life. I was just like, what? Like, what the fuck? Really? Because <laughs> 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 I was just, uh, yeah, I just, I just love bodybuilding. I love the sport. I love the aspiration of fitness. And yeah, I just, I pinch myself still to this day that I'm a coach on Team Haley. Like it's, it's fucking incredible. (laughs) That's how I think about it. Even just coaching, like kind of the next, like, like I have four clients right now, like any clients I get, it's like, Oh, that's, that's sick. It's like another person kind of just like wants to come along your journey. Like that's kind of how I think about it. So like when I'm coaching, I'm like, Oh, another client, let's see what we can do. Let's see what we can actually do. Like, that's why I want to like, that's kind of how I look at it is like, is like I don't even care. Like starting team, like I call it AOS, stands for basically the podcast. So it's like Ace of Spade of Coaching now. Nice. Uh, it's kind of becoming its own little brand within itself to kind of keep everything under one name. Uh, but it's like so cool that people want to join the team when they do, and like they believe in me. And I kind of want to go into your coaching too with Sarah. Like, how's that working? Like as a couple, how's that working together? Um, 
Has there been any challenges with that kind of? Because um, I know I talked to I talked to Dylan Baron Lauren first, and they kind of oh, coached okay. together for Bear Aesthetics, and they seem to not have any problems. That's like the one thing I get from them is that they seem like they have the same vision. And I kind of want to know how you guys feed off of each other to give your clients like the best possible uh, experience with coaching. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's so funny. Similar to Dylan and Lauren, uh, we, we balance this, each other out quite well. Um, it's just that's a, the relationship has always been like that. Um, uh, in, fact, in fact, I knew she was the one on my first date with her. Like I knew I was going to marry her, or at least I wanted to marry her. And uh, <laughs> you know, like yeah, you're mine. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, we've always just balanced each other out very well, and. Uh, I, yeah, I bounce ideas off her all the time and she, you know, will bounce ideas off me and we just kind of collaborate in that way. And it's, it's been awesome. Like it's been really, really well. And just like, uh, really everything with life in general, with my life with her, we just kind of balance each other out, even with the gym. Like if I feel like I can't get another rep in, she fucking calls me a little bitch and I'll just fucking get out that <laughs> next rep. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, it's been fun. It's been awesome, man. Yeah, and then how does it how does it work kind of between you guys too with the coaching? Like how do you guys run things with that? Like is it just like does one person focus on one aspect and the other person focuses on the other? Like I know you guys say you bounce back between each other, but like how does it work with like splitting responsibilities for clients? Is it different for each client or is it kind of your same methodology for each one? Pretty much. Mm, that's a good question. So I would say mm, – same methodology for each one with the exception of if there's something that she knows more then I'll let her take the reins. Like I won't be like, Hey, let me get into all this. But, um, no, if, if there's something that I'm more comfortable talking to, to a client about, then I'll talk to them. Or if she's more comfortable talking to a client about it, um, like for example, um, if someone's having like a, like a mental rut and happens to be going through something that perhaps I can relate to on a personal level. Um, I will talk, but typically we both get to our clients, uh, that like both of us get back to the clients. Now we, we do, we do have uh, clients who just work with me and clients who just work with Sarah. Um, just because, you know, they are, they prefer just having a, either, you know, me as a coach or Sarah as a coach. Um, but for those who we do coach together, yeah, it's, it's funny. Like we do, we do just, literally bounce ideas off okay. each other like, like it's it's just like uh, almost like you and i talking like hey what do you think we should do with this person oh yeah let's just go 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 whatever and just make a final plan i suppose yeah i kind of i kind of do that now a little bit like every now and then when i'm making a plan to kind of like like if i have a question on something with someone and i know not only having like four clients right now like that's the most i've ever had uh i've had five total it's kind of like i go to someone with maybe just a bit more experience with me in coaching like if i have a specific question over how to handle the situation i have no problem going to someone who knows more than me so yeah. i'm like so like that's like the one thing i think a lot of coaches are kind of like especially coaches on their own i feel like is also a thing where like they get in that thing or that mindset where like they're that scarcity mindset type thing where they're like oh if i don't know this it's like they're gonna go to someone else but you could just ask someone else for help and a lot of coaches in this industry if you find the right people will gladly kind of give you advice on how to handle a certain client and then you kind of learn from that like that's why i kind of take away so 
Yeah, it's funny. Um, I think a lot of, I I hope this is the case, and I know there are many coaches like this, but, you know, at the end of the day, the goal is to help people realize their potential and realize what they can do with their life and make sure they do it in such a way where it's sustainable for not just the time they're with us, but, you know, for the rest of their lives, you know, teach them like a student and make them understand how the body functions and um, how it, what it means to work hard in the gym and all that stuff. And because really we're all in this together, even though we have separate teams, you know, one team might, team's culture might align with another person, or, you know, you might align with this team's culture or just align with, you know, a single coach or whatever. By the end of the day, I think, um, especially learning from coaches who have been around for much longer than, you know, we have is so damn important. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I will reach out to particularly Justin because, you know, we're on the same team. Even Kelly, Hannah, um, I mean, Savannah, everybody on the Megan Ashley, everyone on our team, uh, just, you know, provide the question because we're there to help, you know. Um, yeah. But I think surround yourself, at least for me, I've always tried to surround myself with people who are much better than me because I am there then forced to try to level up with them. And as they continue to level up in their lives, I just keep leveling up. And it's just a, eventually you end up being at this level like, oh, wow, when, how that, when did they get here? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and then you reach a point where you're like, oh, shit, I'm here. And then they're still ahead of you. But you're like, but then sometimes I think it's I think it's a thing that people don't do a lot is to kind of just take time to reflect, too. I think. <laughs> That's something that I've kind of learned over this period of time real quick is to kind of reflect on how far I've come and appreciate where you came from. I think that's a big thing to kind of look at. And a lot of coaches don't think about that. They're always stressed about the next move or something, but they don't just like breathe and just kind of just go back. I kind of look through like old, either look at old pictures or I look at like, my clients like testimonial that they wrote like when i started and stuff like that or even just starting the podcast like i always kind of bring this up is like so in my notes on my phone it says on 51719 it has the name it has what i'm going to buy and then it has like what guests i want to have first like it literally has all those three things over starting this and i kind of look back and i'm like Damn, that's a starting point. But I didn't really start it till August 18th, 2019. I was like, that's kind of how I reflect back on looking at it. I was like, I started with zero. You always start with zero. I think that's kind of a thing too, is like you always start at zero and then you climb your way up. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. I think there's a huge difference between um, appreciation or rather hmm, being comfortable and being complacent. Because and this this might uh, differ from Justin's view, but um, the, I think the huge difference between being comfortable and complacent is complacent is more, at least in my opinion, something where you just kind of say, "I'm not going to go any further. I'm done. You know, this is good." And there's nothing inherently wrong with that. Of course, it, you know, if it aligns with your life and aligns with what you want for your life. But um, if you do want more, though, then it can be an issue. Whereas being comfortable. And maybe that's the wrong word, but in a way, if you think about it, 
like for you, you started at zero and now you're here, you know, you're much higher, you're doing well, you're succeeding. You showed five people, four people like, Hey, I can do this. You know, I can make a difference in my life. And then you're making episodes with high caliber people. Not, not me, but you know, like other people. <laughs> <laughs> you're pretty, yeah, no. you're pretty high caliber. Come on. Uh, no. <laughs> not <in my> opinion. <laughs> Thank you though. But, uh, but, it, but really it's like, um, taking a step back and seeing what you've accomplished and being appreciative and saying, man, I've done this is huge. It's a huge thing because at the end we're human, you know, we're, we were once, you know, at zero and we've took, taken the time to climb up from zero. Now, you know, wherever we're at. And I think that's, that's gigantic and it's huge to do that once in a while, if not very often. So I think that's what I think that's what this time kind of like I'm, I've been looking at this time and I've kind of always been like at least the past few weeks I was kind of stressed because I wasn't bringing on any clients. I was like, I still have four clients like to kind of reflect upon it. I think this time has been really good for people, especially in the industry. If your clientele is not increasing or anything at this point, it's like there's nothing to really worry about. We're going through something that's on that nothing anybody in our generation has kind of seen before where the whole world just absolutely shuts down for a very very long time and i think it's kind of give people like who do this a chance to reflect like yes you want to keep building your business there's ways to set yourself up for when this is over to build that and I think it's kind of just giving me a time to kind of just look back. Like I do a morning walk every day. I do wear a mask, everybody. So don't don't rag. Uh, this this will hope this episode will hopefully come out after this is all done. So I was wearing a mask, guys. I will say, um, but like there's like a trail across the street, and every time I kind of go in the morning, I listen to a podcast, but then I end up losing that podcast within my thoughts, and I'm like. And I kind of just look around and I kind of just reflect where I'm at. And that kind of brought me back into the present moment, which I think a lot of people struggle with is living in the present too. Yeah. I, uh, it's so funny. I do the same exact thing. And, uh, you mentioned Cody earlier in this, uh, podcast and, uh, yeah, you know, it's funny. We have talks a lot, him and I, and we're very good friends. And, uh, even in those conversations, uh, I get lost in my mind, you know, um, there's just thoughts of what life has offered for both of us. And, and I get lost same thing with Sarah and even myself, like I'll go on walks and just kind of lose myself in, in just my own self. And, uh, one of my favorite sayings is that if you live in the future, you live in anxiety, if you live in the past, you live in regret, but if you live in the now, then you're just living and just experiencing, you know, and I think that's so huge. Because there's always that drive to be better, always, you know. But at the same time, you can't lose sight and lose focus of what's actually happening right now, you know. And I think this this whole pandemic and the isolation is helping a lot of people realize that. Because in a way, we're, we're forced. I mean, we're, we're literally forced to be here right now because we know we can't leave, you know, at least now. But... Yeah, and maybe when this episode is released after the pandemic, it'd be funny to listen back at this and be, wow, we had a pretty deep conversation here about this whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) This is why I do this, because it's like you see a side. The thing is, like, everybody in the industry, I think this is something that's kind of cool about this podcast to kind of go off on a tangent on that. It's like everybody always talks about 
fitness in some sort of way it goes back to fitness but having these conversations it's like yeah we did talk about fitness and how you got into it and everything but like this part it's like no one expects like that to come out of someone who coaches fitness like that's like a thing <laughs> like a lot of people like underestimate what our mindsets are actually like so like that's why i kind of like have this because it's so interesting to see someone's perspective on it and there's one thing that i kind of always wanted to do while we're in this that i've never grown that i never kind of am afraid to do there's something i'm really afraid to do and it's kind of just like journal out my thoughts uh, i did it for like a period of time but like and like at night like i would journal out all my thoughts i've ever had like kind of just empty my brain out but i was like i'm like really scared to kind of do it because it's like it's like you're actually showing like the words of what you're thinking and you think someone else is going to see that. And I don't know if that's really deep, but it's just like I'm always kind of concerned with like what might be put onto paper. <laughs> I, I think that's awesome. I think that's super deep. It's it's funny. Uh, I'm a huge fan of his in terms of his books. Stephen King, he does that. Most of his books have come from him waking up in the morning after dreaming, writes down his thoughts, the dream and well, he creates the books, you know, and uh, in my opinion, man, I think you should do it. You should, you should journal. You should do that and not be afraid because, you know, it's funny and this is just something I think it is, but um, fear, I think is the, it's the anticipation of a breakthrough about to happen. It's something that is an emotion where you're about to discover something that, you've never discovered before and quite frankly you don't know what's going to happen after that and if you're afraid to write down your journal and whatever thoughts come in your head the next thought that comes in your head might be that that thought that might know. propel your podcast you know and hey that's just more work for you but that's also <laughs> <laughs> very very cool It'd be very cool to see that man you yeah know? you never yeah, know thing. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool to kind of just realize is like, like, it's just kind of cool to go into deeper workings than you really think. Like, that's kind of like how I kind of just like, also living with without fear, something that's really tough for people to do. That fear is kind of really different than fear of taking. I think it's, it's also well, technically, it is a fear of taking action, because I'm afraid to put it on paper. But I think a lot of people don't correlate that with like, we'll tie this all back into kind of bodybuilding people are afraid to lift that weight they're scared to lift the mm -hmm. weight they're scared to get on stage they're scared to kind of lose kind of what they maybe lose a little bit of strength to get a little shredded they're scared of their fear of what someone might think of them if they get shredded like a lot of people have that problem with like body dysmorphia with how they look and stuff and bigorexia mm -hmm. and like uh, to tie it all that's like how I think about it with bodybuilding it's like you can't really have if you go into the gym with a true true intent and true intensity um, and that's why I've kind of learned from Justin is that you can't really have a fear mm -hmm. and once you kind of portray it in the gym and you know it's possible then you start portraying it elsewhere Exactly. that's, that's like where true growth comes from I, I believe I believe it too. Yeah. It's it, what you do, how you do one thing is how you do many things. And the gym is just, it, it's funny. It, it can translate into so many aspects of your life, especially with that fear. 
And for those who are scared to lift a weight, for those who are scared to do that PR or whatever it may be, it is a chance for you to overcome it. Um, in terms of having a positive outlook, it's so strange. Like, uh, I believe the mind and body cannot be separated. I believe it's uh, one giant system that correlates because every thought becomes an action or every action is born from a, th- from a thought. And depending on how you perceive your, your current situation is going to how, just like Justin said, it's going to determine how you perceive that action and the quality of that action. Um, but fear, yeah, I think it's a good thing um, because it is, quite frankly, it's a reminder that you're about to do something that could potentially propel you to a higher level. And at least for me, when I do fear something, especially in the gym, when it's like a squat PR or whatever, a deadlift PR, if there's a tinge of fear within, within me, that means I know that this is something that if I accomplish this, then holy shit, I just did something that I never have done before. And I just raised the bar. Literally. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and and we discussed that earlier and you mentioned that earlier. So I kind of just wanted to make that huge roundabout back to where we started. Love um, it, man. I think that's a big thing is kind of just, just not living life in fear. We'll go into that real quick after kind of, I have one last question to kind of go through cause oh, you're sure. on the team. Yeah. You're on the team we're, we're heading towards the end. Um, you're on the team. Uh, one word I say at the beginning who people are going to listen to this this Thursday is the it is the one that Justin's episode come out and the first thing we talk about is being elite literally the first thing um, I want to know what it means to you to kind of be elite like mm-hmm. what does that mean to you and just let it all out what it means sure I think elite means taking action in your life that's in alignment with your passion whether it's in the gym whether it's at a job whether it's literally anything i think elite is doing something and doing or living your life in alignment with what your passions are and being able to accept those passions for what they actually are and not being afraid to let someone else's thoughts or even opinions sway you from doing that if you're able to overcome that obstacle, which is so large in life, then my God, you are elite just in your own world, you know, in and in of itself. Because I think it's something that people really crave and desire. Um, it's something to live a life full of passion, right? And like for you, for example, you know, you clearly you are passionate about this podcast. You are. You're passionate about helping people. And you can immediately feel it. Like Anthony's not a bullshitter. Anthony's not a liar. Like he's genuine. He's authentic. And when that happens, it's very inspiring, whether you realize it or not, because that energy that you exude is because you're in alignment with what you want to do with your life. And I think that's extremely elite. And it's just consistently pursuing that leveling up through that alignment. I think that's being elite. Yeah. Um, Justin kind of, we, the first time I ever talked to Justin was after he, uh, I might've told you this was after he found the, my story post that I went straight vulnerable with to kind of give it all out. What I went through, everything I went through, all the struggles, just kind of put it onto one Instagram post, uh, took two captions to do it, but it all came out and he met, he, he messaged me. 
Um, and he was like, he's like, that's what it means to be elite. And then right before <laughs> we recorded, he was like, this kid's only 22. And he's like, he's like, his mindset is already at that point. And I was like, I was kind of have a drive to just now. I was like, that inspires me to get better and better. And I also feel the same passion for everybody else that comes on this show. It's like people who come on the show are people I select because I know what they've done and I know what they can give. Like, that's a thing. Like, if you're not in the same realm of mindset as I am, you're not coming on the show. Like, that's kind of how I have it. I'm very picky and choosy. Like, it might not seem about it by how many guests I have coming on, but there's a certain criteria that you have to get, and there's certain kind of things that kind of have to hit home with me to kind of have you on. Like, that's kind of how you have to think about it. Um, so, well, I think I'm, you did. I'm extremely honored. Yeah, Thank you. and it was a great conversation. Um we had a little technical difficulties in the beginning and stuff like that, but we got through it. Um, kind of wrapping it up here, I do the same three questions with every single guest um, at the end of the show. Uh, first question is, what three things do you want everybody to leave with if you could summarize this podcast? Oh, wow. Three things. That's a great question. This one's the um, one that a lot of people struggle with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess the first one would be to never undermine your potential. Understand that your potential is as limited as you make it to be. I think the second thing is to embrace your fears. Embrace them because they're there for a reason. They're there to remind you that you need to take an action that's going to help you level up because especially when that action is something that aligns with your goals, fear is going to be there. So embrace it. I think the third one, the third one would be, third one would be just know, and this might be very hard for a lot of you, but just know that even against all your doubts, Know that success is inevitable as long as you are consistent, as long as you are dedicated, and you do give in the hard work. I think doubt is similar to fear in the sense that it, that it is an opportunity for you to help break through that wall. And, um, and I think, yeah, I think those are the three things. Yeah, those are three of the biggest things that I left with that at least I took note of. Um, throughout this whole thing, uh, wow. honestly, can't wait to go back and listen to this because I'm so psyched. Uh, sorry, I liked it. <laughs> but um, next question is: What three books and or podcasts would you recommend everybody kind of listen to or read? Ooh, that's a good one. Mm. So, I would say for a book, Food is Brain. I think it's a great one. What is it? Food is food is brain. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Buddha's brain. Like uh, Buddha's brain. Okay, gotcha. It's a great, great uh, mindset book. Podcast. Um, I really, really like Ben Pakulski's um, MI40 podcast. I think that's yeah. excellent. Um, even his Muscle Intelligence podcast, the one that was before. I think that's the old. The, it was the older one, right? I think. 
Like there was. Yeah, I be- Yeah, I think it's it's something like that. Like I think it's like muscle. It's like muscle intelligence, and then I think this one is like something to do with him. I don't really know what the name is. I forget. I listen to it all the time. It's, yeah. It, it, I, well, whatever those two podcasts are, like there's this new one. Listen to old one. Listen yeah. both of them. That that's just, and then the third one. Oh man, the third one. Mm. Oh man, that's a hard one. I would say. You know, honestly, uh, I would say, damn, this is very difficult. Um, all right, I guess for me, this is a personal one. Uh, it was uh, Lance's book. Like, uh, I think I, I forget the name of it. It was the book where he came off cancer, and uh, it was just very, very crazy what his experiences were while he was getting chemo and his mindset throughout the entire thing. Oh man, it's just, it's wild. Yeah. Yeah. So I would, uh, I would say. Yeah. yeah. And then definitely Ben Pekulski. So the new one is muscle intelligence. I was looking it up real quick. Uh, oh, the old okay. one is like muscle. It's like something else. It's like muscle mindset or some shit like that. I, but they're both really good to listen to, especially the first episode of both. He lays out his rules for life, which are incredible. Yeah, um, it's crazy. Crazy good. And then last question, kind of just nice little shameless plug yourself. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, Instagram, where can people find you for coaching and stuff like that? Anything you kind of want to give about where people can find you or what kind of is you? Oh, well, thank you, Anthony. Uh, so my Instagram is just Kenny.Lipton, like the iced tea. And then uh, you can find me at teamahaley.com for coaching. Uh, the link is also in my bio if you happen to uh, go on my Instagram. Um, other than that, uh, yeah, that's that's uh, where you could – oh, and also uh, Hyperdrive Fit, which is a new online um, – I guess, live uh, workout uh, studio that we do with, or that I do with Sarah, uh, Megan Long, and Taylor Stevenson. So those those three things. And that's at Hyperdrive Fit uh, on Instagram. Yeah, that thing looks intense, kind of. I am very afraid. <laughs> Every time I see Megan or you guys come off that, I'm like, I don't want to do that. Nope. I'm sorry. Yeah. No. <laughs> but you should, uh, you should try. I, I screamed throughout the entire thing, literally. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think my parents would appreciate that. Only having my workout station in the basement, they would not appreciate that. Um, but Kenny, um, I appreciate you coming on the show. Number one. Um, Thank you. Number two, guys, if you did like this episode, um, tag screenshot the podcast kind of tag us in it um i'll show some love back to you guys um always appreciate anybody who feels impacted by the podcast so if you guys want to tag me and kenny that we truly appreciate it um leave a review on apple or spotify kind of just get our name out more um but this was really good conversation kenny honestly um one of the they just keep getting more organic and more organic. That's all I kind of have to say. So um, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to join me on midday for you um, and into the late afternoon for me. So everybody definitely go give Kenny a follow. Um, he deserves it. Um, Thank you guys. Thank knows you. his stuff. 
And everybody, thank you for listening to this episode of the Ace of Spada podcast. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you.